Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Welcome to another episode where I get to speak to incredible people from around the world and today's episode is, and I'm not just saying this, it is really a special one because I've got a really good friend of mine who I promised to try and drag onto uh, at this show a long time ago and I completely forgot, she completely forgot. She's got more reason to forget than I have. She's had stuff going on in her life. But uh, Sam Rathling is like one of the top LinkedIn people I know. An an all-round incredible person. She really is. And hopefully she'll share some of her stories, show her level of resilience, the intellect, and the knowledge that she has around the subject and theme of today's show, which is going to be about relationship building. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about relationship building than Sam. So Sam, welcome onto the programme. Hi, Cole. Thanks so much for having me. It's finally great to be here. <laughs> it's all my fault. You know, I, I'm getting old and I keep forgetting things. Honestly, I am so apologetic. And I was going to message you the other day on LinkedIn and then suddenly I thought, oh my God, I remembered our last conversation was all about getting you onto the programme and I completely forgot. So I'm so pleased. I only messaged you a couple of days ago and you were like, yep, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and that's that's sort of the mark of who you are. So Sam, I mean, I've called you the LinkedIn legend. I've been on your program, your your knowledge on LinkedIn, and you've been around LinkedIn for a long time. I know there's a lot of LinkedIn trainers out there that have sprouted up, but you've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been involved in the whole world of LinkedIn? So I was quite an early adopter of LinkedIn. I joined the platform um, very early 2005. Um, as because I was in the recruitment industry at the time, I had just moved to Ireland and talking about relationship building, I literally knew nobody and I'd learnt the platform um, and I knew that it was going to be key to me building relationships in a brand new country. I was starting a brand new business, literally knew nobody. So for me, online networking, getting new connections yeah. and building relationships was going to be absolutely critical to me building a business in a brand new country where I literally knew no one. So I've been on the platform for a very long time, completely self-taught. And I grew my recruitment business with my dad um, in Ireland at the time quite significantly through the art of relationship building. And in 2010, somebody that I knew asked me to come and share my story um, at a conference and I said oh how many people are going to be there and he's like oh it's about 200 people <laughs> and I had never like I had never stepped foot on a stage before I was petrified and uh, I got up there and shared my journey and all my top tips about relationship building online and offline and that was the first time I ever spoke about LinkedIn from a stage so we're talking like nearly well 14 years ago um, this year. When did LinkedIn actually start? Yeah so <laughs> it's like the one of the oldest social media platforms out That's there crazy. so yeah it's mad isn't it so um, I believe it's 2004 
Um, it might be 2003. My brain's as bad as yours. So um, 2004 is when it kind of really started to take off. So I was quite an early adopter. Um, and I absolutely adore the platform. Like, it's amazing. But I have been teaching and educating on the platform for, you know, 14 years this year. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, when I started back in 2010, you could count on one hand how many people were talking about how to do LinkedIn effectively. And I was the only woman in the UK that was doing that at the time. Everyone else um, was not. There was one really strong female in America. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, I'd like to be her in England. Like, I'd like to be her in the UK. And that I set my vision at that point to be like the number one, you know, go-to expert. And that's what I ended up doing. So, um, but yeah, there's obviously, you know, you could type into LinkedIn now to look for someone that can teach you about LinkedIn. And there's like over a hundred thousand people minimum that specialize in that subject. And then you've got all the general social media people as well. So I I call myself the OG, like the original, (laughs) I'm the OG female LinkedIn powerhouse and I'm sticking with it because I have been, you know, around the block and do it a lot. So, (laughs) so listen, 2005 and and yes, you are right. I think of you as the OG whenever it comes to LinkedIn and I want like a serious discussion on LinkedIn. Like, you know, I'm in the corporate sector now with the work that I do. I I speak to serious people in organisations and and I want to speak to somebody who understands my language Mm -hmm. type of thing, who gets me and I think you get me and the market that I'm in but 2005 I mean I don't think I genuinely don't think that I'd even heard of LinkedIn. Most people hadn't. Like, I mean, I think I'd only heard of it because I was in the recruitment space. And back then, LinkedIn was very much a recruitment It was very much recruitment, wasn't it? Yeah. That's where you went to put, you know, to find a job. That's where you went to find candidates if you were a recruiter. So I think it really only, once the Microsoft acquisition happened, I think that's when it really started kind of coming into its own as more of a B2B platform. Obviously, now everybody sees it as a place where they should be from a business, you know, relationship building perspective. But yeah it's it's been a journey for them right it's really um it has transitioned a lot and it's changing all the time and that's the thing that people struggle with even the people that are on the platform all the time are trying to figure out the algorithm and how it works and you know how to actually generate business from it and um as you say like you're in the corporate space i'm in the corporate space with linkedin as well now you know in the beginning i was very much you know helping only small businesses and now yeah. I help both small businesses and I do a lot of work in the corporate sector so I think that does give me the edge slightly when it comes to things like sales navigator and corporate clients because yes there are lots and lots of LinkedIn coaches consultants out there but there's very few that can sell at enterprise there's level. very few Sam and I'm not just saying this but literally genuinely speaking there are very few that I would want to speak to when it comes to that corporate exactly sort of relationship building other than yourself uh, and and it's because not everyone can be uh, everything to everyone right and it's not about whether they're better or worse than you it's it's that you I get I think you understand that market and from for, as you quite rightly said LinkedIn is about relationship building and you've got to have that ability to build the relationship in the sector and the space that you're in exactly uh, and that's it for me so I like I think I joined in 2010 Sam and um even then, I think it was like more recruitment. I saw a lot of recruitment adverts on there, and I was quite proud of myself because I got like two thousand connections in in a year. I was like, "Yeah, this is like I I am like the top man," and I haven't really increased much. I think I'm nearly up to ten thousand now. So uh, that that'll be like a milestone. I'm having a party. I know, right? It's it isn't <laughs> about necessarily, of course, like the the size of your following. Like, so it's not just about connections. You've got connections which are the people your first degree. 
and then you've got followers. So I'm I'm a, in, approaching thirty thousand connections. So at that point, I'm done. Like I can't connect yeah, with any more people. Limit, and it? then it's about um, followers at that point. So um, I, I think it really depends on the purpose that you're there for. Because some people are there for from a you know a lot of people there obviously are for their there for their own gain. Like they want to be on there to sell. A lot of people are on there because they're bored and um, <laughs> need a distraction. Um, some people are there because they want to grow their personal brand and become a thought leader or position themselves in a certain way. So I think there's lots of different reasons why people go to that platform. And I don't think it's the same for everyone. But it's changed so much, right? This this platform, this incredible platform, because it is my platform of choice now. LinkedIn is where I sort of, I, I, I sit and uh, I often just sit there on the sidelines watching other people. <laughs> You're very good at LinkedIn though, Cole. I think you had a good teacher, right? <laughs> I don't understand how people come up with so much content. I put a post up about this the other day. How do people come up with so much content on a daily basis? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? But I prefer, I've always been like this introvert, that I prefer these like one-on-one relationships. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy, like you and I have got a great relationship. I enjoy having that opportunity to get in front of someone and just build a relationship. So in this like changed world world in LinkedIn, and as, as you're quite right, Everybody shows up for different reasons. They want something different out of LinkedIn. How do you build relationships? What are the key tenants of uh, LinkedIn and relationship building for you? So I think the key things, um, LinkedIn does give you a huge amount of information about other people in the public domain, right? So I think the key thing, there's there's two types of relationships you're obviously building on there. One is the people that you already know and how do you nurture those existing relationships of the people that you don't necessarily see day to day, but you you've met them in real real life and they're they're real contacts for you and then you've got the other side of it which is building relationships with people that right now today are complete strangers to you and i think obviously that's where a lot of people spend and invest their time and energy when they are looking to grow their business and develop sales etc and i think the key thing with that aspect is the you know really taking the time to go have a look at somebody's profile and understand them and look at their content and look at their education and look at their hobbies and interests and all of those kind of things because I think the key to relationship building of course is building rapport and you know that's why I choose to have some personal things on my profile that what am I like outside of work what am I you know what are my hobbies what are my interests because that is a starting that's the ability then to start a conversation so the fact that I mentioned my journey about sobriety or my you know my um, campaign for breast cancer um, or my fact that I'm a single mom, or I love the Algarve, or I'm a hammer, you know, all these things are just, they're little things that you can, like, pick up from someone's profile, and when you start that conversation with them, quite often it isn't about business, it, it is about people connect on those other things, don't they? They connect I on agree. family and holidays, and all the things that, all their hopes and dreams, and everything that they are not as a professional, is really where we actually build that connection, and I think a, pe- a lot of people forget that they see it as a very you know, professional platform. I can't talk about business stuff. And, you know, through our content, you know, just by putting out content that is about not who you are in the professional world, but who you are outside of the professional world, that allows people to see a picture of you outside of being that, you know, corporate face. I think it's almost like having, allowing the world to have a 360 degree view of who you are. Uh, And by doing that, 
when people can see you from all angles, and this is not just about LinkedIn, this no, is about life, yeah, generally speaking, sure. I find. Uh, and, and specifically when I talk about leadership, I talk about, you know, building trust. And you only build trust in, 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 in any environment when people can see you and they think they know you from a four-dimensional exactly. perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, from everything around your vulnerabilities through to your interests, through to your abilities, all this kind of stuff. And and I think LinkedIn and social media, generally speaking, is very good for that. But LinkedIn specifically, because LinkedIn we know is geared towards biz, business and specifically B2B. But it's also about human beings now, isn't it? It really is. I think since lockdown and, um, and that whole madness that we went through, I think people are much more accepting now that actually behind every profile is a real human being. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a lot of pain out there at the moment and there's a lot of people, you know, going through it. And I think... The people that are actively talking about that and being really, truly authentic and vulnerable, they're the people that are the people that you feel connected to or you feel like reaching out to or that you feel like you could build a relationship with because you are seeing all facets of their world. Hmm. And I know some people are a bit reserved around social media and like, I don't want to I don't want to talk about this. Or I don't want to bring my personal life and it's you know but it's not about necessarily bringing everything to the table i think it's about just sharing your lessons along the way and your your ups and your downs you know life is not perfect and anyone that tries to present that on social media is you know is not authentic you know yeah. because at the end of the day we're all going through different experiences um and i think it is just understanding that human to human connection through the way that you reach out to people, the way you build relationships and the way you present yourself on the platform. I knew there was a good reason for us to have a conversation. <laughs> I just knew it. It's like I'm, I'm fascinated with this conversation and it really does speak to who I am. Um, I want to talk about vulnerability because I think vulnerability, you know, a lot of people are talking about why vulnerability is so important. It's a new superpower. But vulnerability is not an easy thing. And, uh, you know, I was having this conversation with a senior leader who said, you know, I'm really trying hard, Cole, to, to, to present myself and show my vulnerabilities more. She says, but it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But I also know that that's what's going to be build that foundation of trust. Uh, and I saw a change in you about a year ago when, you know, you're going through some challenges in, in, in your relationship and you started talking about uh, separating and you, then you started talking about the challenges of being a single parent. And of course, recently with breast cancer, that wasn't the Sam I knew from a few years ago. I know, I remember you did share some vulnerability on a stage around your business and, 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 incredible journey that you went on yeah. when you got let down significantly massively by somebody uh, maybe you can share that story yourself but I'd never seen this somewhere you know it was like a, it was a different vulnerability it was really it felt very deep for me it felt very personal to me you know that was a conscious decision I just felt like the more I talked to people outside of the social media world the more I spoke to people the more I realized actually that sharing my story was helping others. And I, mm. I, I'm a huge person around giving and, you know, inspiring other people. I think that's a big part of leadership. Um, and I just felt like I just felt like I was really alone when I was going through some of those things. And the minute I started talking about it, I realized I actually wasn't alone. Um, and, you know, I mean, if I we talk about adversity and all the things I've gone through, I mean, literally we'd be here for five, like probably five days. But, you know, um, but, you know, it, it was a big decision for me to talk about my sobriety journey, for example, because that was triggered by a lot of things that had happened in my previous year. And I thought, well, what, how, why, 
why should I talk about it? And I thought, well, ultimately, there are other people out there that are probably struggling with the things I'm struggling with. And I was like, what? how is it going to be perceived if I talk about me going sober, etc.? And I thought, do you know what? And I, I just went really vulnerable. And I just announced it. I thought, firstly, it was accountability for me because I thought if I announced yeah. it to the world, then I've got to stick to it. Um, but ultimately, like, I couldn't believe the amount of like messages that I got from people that were either going through the same thing or had struggled or were struggling with their you know, situation. And I just thought this is a really important message to talk about. And I did the same when I found out I was diagnosed with breast cancer in November, uh, October yeah. 2023. So we had a long conversation, me and my business partners about whether or not to talk about that, because, you know, obviously, it's a very personal thing to have to go through. And I was also looking at it from a risk perspective from the business, you know, are people still going to want to work with me, you know, all those kind of things. So we had to really think about it. But I thought, you know what, I, in all my other experiences, that I've gone through and all my other challenges and adversity that I've faced, I've talked about it and shared it. And it's helped lots of other people. So I thought yeah. I have to do the same with my breast cancer journey as well. And I, you know, I'm on a mission to generate over a hundred thousand for um, cancer research UK. Um, and it's, for me, it's a massive awareness thing. You know, I'm 46, I have breast cancer. I'm about to start six months of chemotherapy and radiotherapy and all the other things that come with having a cancer diagnosis. And yeah, I'm not talking about it every day on LinkedIn, for example, I'm doing that actually over on the TikTok platform, but I will occasionally drop in posts about it because there are going to be lots of other people that are going to learn from my experience or going to get help and inspiration from me talking about my 100% vulnerable side, you know, yeah. so, yeah. So it's, it's nice to know, Sam, that you, you went through this, like, mental, um, this, this mental conversation, this inner dialogue and dialogue with your colleagues, and you thought long and hard about what you shared on, on LinkedIn and... Uh, I mean, I didn't realise that you had to have had that that kind of a conversation before you shared it. But actually, that's what a lot of lot of people are going through anyway when they are, you know, sharing something personal on, on LinkedIn. Particularly when they don't normally share it, they go through this inner dialogue, this inner conversation. I know I do. I'll be honest mm -hmm. with you. And uh, I have shared some personal stuff, and my personal stuff is the stuff that really sticks with people. And it makes me realise that people are just people, aren't they, at the end of the day? People, human human content where there's some kind of emotion, some kind of storytelling, some kind of vulnerability, authenticity, those are the posts that travel because they connect. And they connect with the person the other side of the phone or the other side of the screen. And despite LinkedIn's efforts to like force everybody to go back to being business, 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 ultimately that's the stuff that sticks. And that's the stuff that people want to read about. You know, it, we don't want to see boring posts about your product or boring posts about your services. Like that's not, you know, of course, there are some great people doing good content and educating, etc. But ultimately, like that's what connects us to other people. The minute that I do a post about that, my inbox floods with people that are going through it or experiencing something with a friend or a family member. And a, a, the outpouring of love and support that I've had mm. has been like, honestly, I literally broke down the day I announced everything on LinkedIn. I could not. I was so overwhelmed with the outpouring of love and support from my community and the people that follow me and some people that I know really well and others that I don't. And, you know, every day I get messages from people and I think, well, that was the right thing to do, in, in my opinion. Have I had some people go, oh, we're looking at someone else. Thanks very much. Great. You know, I never wanted to have them as a client anyway. Absolutely. But I'm very... 
you know, every sales meeting I have, I'm open with the client. I'm, you know, every prospect, I had three sales meetings yesterday and I said, I have to tell you, like, this is what I'm going through. And the minute that you share it, like this, the whole vibe of the meeting changes in a positive way because then it's like you then have permission then and then you realize actually everyone's going through something you know everyone's got stuff going on in their world and i think it's really important to have that human element to business and i i just don't i think there's more and more of it going on now i was talking to a friend last night um he was saying the same thing he was at an event in dublin there were 45 people in the room and the minute that he shared something quite personal that had happened to him um, last year, like the whole room changed. It's like everybody then started connecting in a, a different way. So I think when we talk about building relationships and connecting with another human being, I think it's that um, vulnerable side of us that actually helps us to connect with another human being. I, th- I think that's a really, really powerful point. And, and a lot of it is within the context of the storytelling. You know, when you know, and we do public speaking as you do a lot of public speaking. I teach public speaking. I'm doing a talk tonight. And I think when you tell a personal story that 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 demonstrates a bit of vulnerability or challenge in your life, I think that really does connect you to that audience. And when you connect the content of whatever it is that you're talking about to that story, then actually it can benefit you from a business sense as well. So storytelling and authenticity can be really, really powerful. So you've talked about, you know, LinkedIn is really about relationship building. And you've taught me a couple of things. You know, one thing that you've just talked to, uh, talked right now about was, you know, really research the individual's um, LinkedIn page, find out what their education is and the work that they've done. But you taught me something really simple. Uh, when I came on your program, and it was about this, this, uh, this. Uh, what do you call it? Like a something that connects onto LinkedIn, a bolt on or something. I can't remember the phrase now. Uh, oh, but it was the crystal personality, nose. the AI personality, the crystal nose. I, I know I still, they're amazing, and I still use it because you know I use behavioral preferences. I teach behavioral preferences, and crystal nose is is a bolt on to LinkedIn, and it it doesn't cost a the, the earth. I can't even remember what it is nowadays, but it literally gives you a fairly accurate, <laughs> and I've shared it with other people after I've got to know them and said, ah, you know, when I first met you, this is what I did. And they said, oh my God, that's me. And it shows you what their, what their preferred style of communication is. It even tells you how, how you might want to write an email or for various reasons. I just think it's inspired and yeah, it, there's a couple you know, actually. Really there's does crystal work. nose. There's another one that's come out since we since we uh, worked together in that training, um, called Humantic. Uh, so Humantic AI, um, and I actually think it's better. Um, oh wow! So that's Humantic. another one to check out. Humantic.ai, um, and I I just think it's amazing how much you can learn about somebody before you go meet them. So of course LinkedIn is about connecting online, but ultimately we're driving offline conversations, right? Yeah. So. The idea is you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and then at some point you have a meeting or a conversation with them. And, you know, the ability to, you know, if you just studied somebody's LinkedIn profile for 15 minutes before you go into a meeting with them, whether you're a salesperson, a leader, whatever it might be, the amount that you can gain from just investing that little bit of time and then you layer on top behavioral profiling tools and then you layer on top that you can look at their content. There's lots of other things that you can look at. 
before you go to meet them. And I think it allows you in that first five to 10 minutes of that conversation to A, demonstrate that you've done your homework, but secondly, to just really build that rapport. And, you know, you'll find things that you can connect with on those kind of me too moments, right? When you look at their profile. So, Mm. and, you know, if you're using tools like Sales Navigator, you can see all your shared experiences and you can see if you, you know, used to work at the same company, you know, together or you, you know, share the same groups or the same interests. So I think it's really important to invest that time if you are going into an offline conversation and really leverage a tool like LinkedIn. You know, even if you didn't meet them on LinkedIn, go to their LinkedIn profile, check them out have a look at what they're talking about, have a look at their profile and what they're what they're up to, because it really will help you to build that relationship more effectively when you do go to meet them face to face. And you've just mentioned something there, which is another tool that I've been using. I still don't think I'm brilliant at it, but I, I'm persevering is Sales Navigator, which is actually a prospecting tool, isn't it, for LinkedIn? Do you want to just, because there'll be a lot of people who thinks, what on earth is Sales Navigator? <laughs> Yeah, so obviously there's different levels of membership on LinkedIn. So you've got your free version, you have your premium version, and then you have the option to um, upgrade to a tool like Sales Navigator. I describe it as like the Ferrari of like prospecting tools. It's <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm so used to driving like Ford Cortinas. <laughs> exactly right. So you know, so if you want to upgrade your car, like that is the one to go to. So um, Sales Navigator is amazing. I mean, if anyone listening to this is either leading a sales team or is looking to generate more business for for their company. Sales Navigator is a phenomenal tool. The problem is, is that most companies buy it for their salespeople um, and their sales leaders. And then they just go, hey, we've bought you Sales Navigator and then magically expect them to start generating leads and opportunities and putting sales in their pipeline. But obviously, you know, it is a really intricate tool and people do need to understand how to really use it and leverage it. Um, You know, so the ability to... um, to have like 40 different filters to go search for your exact client that you're looking for and um, the ability to search for 15 different um, filters when it comes to companies and then you've got tools that allow you to map a um, an account so let's say you were targeting a particular enterprise account um, there's an account mapping tool in there that allows you to kind of almost get this helicopter view of all the relationships in that organization so you might be talking to one person and call for your you know consulting etc and then you go in and you realize actually there are going to be probably five to 12 other decision makers in the process when you are looking to, you know, to generate business from that particular account. So being able to see all those relationships in there and then being able to look at things like category intent and buyer intent because they've, you know, gone over to your website or they've, you know, they have been researching a particular solution. Being able to know all that information about accounts is phenomenal. Like I cannot even describe how phenomenal it is as a sales tool. But most people don't know how to leverage it. So, and yeah, this is where you come in, right? I suppose exactly. That's a lot that's of the work. <laughs> a lot of the work that you do when it comes to the corporate yeah. is actually going 100%. in and say, "Okay, so you've got all of this stuff now. You've got LinkedIn. You've got Sales Navigator. Let me show you how to use it." Exactly, properly. and quite often, you know, companies come to me and they're like, "We've invested three hundred thousand pounds in in Sales Navigator licenses for our team," and they go, "But we we've not had a single piece of business from it." And I'm like, "I think I think the top and bottom of this is if you've invested that kind of money into a piece of software." <laughs> that you are not doing anything with 
you really do need to get a return on your investment and exactly. you need to call Sam in. It, it really, <laughs> honestly, it really is as simple as that. I never plug anyone, but it's just so obvious here. You just need to call in Sam and let her help you to understand Sales Navigator. Having said that, I think I need to come to see you again because I need a re- <laughs> I need a refresh because Sales Navigator seems to be adding things all the time and I'm like, wow. It is, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, they're doing such... The product development team at LinkedIn, like, both with the normal platform and Sales Navigator, like, they are smashing out new features left, right and centre. It's so hard to even keep up with and I'm in it all the time. So for everyone else that's not even in my world, it's like, wow, like, there's so many changes going on with the platform all the there time. There literally is so much that comes out on LinkedIn and I, I always feel I'm behind the curve, but I don't mind it so much because I want other people to have tested it and broken it and, and all of these kind of things because when it comes to te- technology I want it to be as easy as possible for know, me right? because I'm one of these that gets really frustrated when something breaks I think I'm turning into like a granddad or something I don't know you know I'll probably be hiring some 20 year old into do all of these kind of things <laughs> hiring a 20 year old or some AI thing that will just yeah, you know, yeah. help you out <laughs> Chad GPT is like my best friend you know we go out for drinks together <laughs> non-alcoholic of course yeah non-alcoholic right <laughs> I think this has been a really interesting discussion. I talk about relationship building all the time and how critical it is. To, if you're going to be a human-centered leader, you've got to be really good at relationship building. And and it is about what I call the building of, of the bridge of trust between you and the next person, whether, whether it's a person that you have the responsibility of leading or whether it's a client or whether it's a peer, whoever it may be. But I think from our discussion, you know, we've talked about in the context of social media, specifically LinkedIn, because that's that's where we both hang out. Uh, and I think it's been a really, really powerful discussion around how you can build that relationship and how it's still important on social media as well, probably even more so there. So let's imagine a scenario. So you go on to uh, Sales Navigator and you say to yourself, I'm going to build, I'm going to send out 10 connection requests today, right? For every single, is it as simple as Doing a search, finding the industry that you're, you're looking for. Is it as simple as finding the level of the people that you want and then just going onto profile, sending them a nice message and doing a connection request? It seems to me that you're suggesting, no, you've got to actually do some more groundwork, really get to know that person, speak their language. I think it depends, right? So I would be saying something different a year ago. So previously I'd have said you need to personalise every single connection request. Um, but we do this a lot as a business. Um, so we work with hundreds of clients and we're, we're always testing different things. And what we're actually finding now is actually you're going to get a higher acceptance rate at the moment mm-hmm. by not personalising and sending a message with a connection. Because I think people are so jaded now by the platform and the immediate assumption is that if I get a very personalised, if I get a, a message, message with my connection request that I'm immediately going to get pitched straight afterwards so I think there's Ah, right so there's there has been a bit of a shift so that's not to say you don't build the relationship but in order to get that first step done where somebody actually wants to connect with you that is the um that is now better to be done as a straight connect rather than actually sending a message with it. Do you know what now Now that you've said that Sam it makes perfect sense because I know how I feel about these things. Yeah. You just assume like, oh, someone's going to like follow it up with a pitch, right? So 
I, I do with certain roles, like if I really, really want the connection and it's quite a senior level or person in an organisation, like I may do a very highly personalised um, approach, but it's rare to do that. So I think this, the next step on, and this is how I start all my relationships, is I start with um, a give or an added value approach when I first connect with somebody. So at the moment, I don't send a personalised connection request with the majority, like 99% of my connection requests don't have a message with them. Um, right. And I get around a 50 to 60% acceptance rate. Um, so your profile needs to do some work as well. Obviously, your profile needs to look the part when you are connecting. Um but my first message to that person is not a pitch or not a, um, you know, all I want to do with that first start of that relationship is I want to help that person. So I have a few things that I know are hugely valuable to the people that I am targeting. Um, and I send them three things that I know are going to help them um, as a starter for our relationship. So I'm not like pitching them. I know they're busy, etc. But I send them three high value things that I know are going to help them because they, the feedback that I get from all those things. So one of them is a uh, YouTube video. One of them is a 37-page document that has like every the complete guide to social selling. Um, and one of them is um, is some content ideas because everybody struggles with content. As you've already mentioned, mm. like, I don't know how all these people come up with all these content. So I know those three things are very valuable to the people I'm targeting. So I start the connection by giving and adding value to them and majority in fact all of the messages I get back are thank you so much it's super helpful and then I'm into a conversation with them so I start by giving and most people start by taking so they make it very transactional and not relational so yeah. you'll get more success with a platform like LinkedIn by being relational as we've talked about than being transactional so my goal there is not to pitch them sell them try and get into you know try and get a sales meeting with them my goal there is simply to be somebody that they see as being super yeah. helpful and if they if they do that and we interact in the inbox they're more likely to see my content on the news feed they're more likely to engage with my posts and you know over time those people will become people that do follow my work and potentially you know they maybe move offline and go onto my email list and they may come to an event that i put on they may you know in three six months down the line they may become a customer but i don't yeah. start the conversation by going hey let's have a chat or can i talk to you about what i do it's very much a give and an add value first and I think that's the start to a good relationship. I think it's a start to any good relationship, whether it's on or offline, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, what's really struck me in our conversation is that when we are building relationships on LinkedIn, it really is how we should be building relationships in real life as well, isn't it? Relationships really are about give and take. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I think you've just exemplified that in, in, in that last moment there. Um, Sam, I can't believe it's... We've gone over time already. It's just ridiculous. Maybe you'll have to come on again because there's so much else that I want to talk to you about. But listen, I want to say thank you for uh, jumping on when I've made a mistake and forgot to book you book you on months ago. Thank you for just jumping on within a couple of days. And thank you for what I think has been an invaluable conversation. I've really, really enjoyed it. And uh, there's so much we can learn from the relationship building that we do on LinkedIn to then coming off LinkedIn and doing it in real life. And uh, I think there's some really powerful lessons there for any leader. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content and of course connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care, have a great day.